0: Welcome back to Page One or Bust, your ultimate guide to getting on page one of search engines. In this episode, we're talking about how meaningful marketing can not only drive growth for your company, but just as important, it can improve the lives of your customers. That's why we're talking to Joe Harrison, the CMO of CircleIt and DigitalWill.com. He breaks down the differences between entering a crowded market and coming in as a creator. But one thing stays the same across both strategies, having empathy for the customer by putting yourself in their shoes. You don't want to miss how Joe's humanizing approach can improve your SEO. But first, a word from our sponsor. Page One or Bust is brought to you by Demand Jump. Get insights, drive outcomes with Demand Jump. Get started creating content that ranks for free at demandjump.com today. And now, here are your co-hosts, Drew Detzler and Ryan Brock.
1: Welcome to Page One or bus. This is your host, Drew Detzler. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Brock. Yo, yo, we're doing wonderful today. How are you, Drew? I'm doing great, because today we are joined by the chief marketing officer of Circle It and DigitalWill.com, Joe Carrison. Joe, welcome to the show. Hi,
2: guys. Glad to be here. Nice to meet you both.
1: Yeah, great to meet you. Before the show, Joe and I were talking about his Dropkick Murphy's
3: hoodie and the associated musical. And uh, it's making me want to go home and watch The Departed tonight.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to join you there. I love it. Well, before we dive in, Joe, let's introduce you to our listeners. Why don't you go ahead and, and tell us a little bit about Circle It and
2: DigitalWill.com and how you became the CMO? Sure. Uh, Two separate companies under the same umbrella organization. So how I became the CMO here, I was a freelance SEO, basically a search engine marketing consultant for a number of years. And in the process of freelancing, I met a gentleman named Art Shake, who is the CEO and founder of both these companies and started working as a freelancer with him as they're both tech startups. And we started to see some rapid growth. The company ended up getting a series A round of funding. So that was fantastic. And then he offered me the position to come in and initially, head of growth marketing was my original title. And then that has sort of morphed into a more sort of an oversight of every aspect of marketing for the company. So that's how I became a CMO.
3: Let me ask you a question, because your story strikes me as a little bit, a little bit unusual. And Joe, I'm like, maybe, maybe your, your mileage varies here, but I don't think it's super common for me to meet like a CMO who got there via the SEO pathway. Right. Who started focused on SEO and became CMO. Does that seem to job? with your experience that you're, you're maybe a little bit of a unicorn
1: here.
2: <laughs> I don't have a horn or anything, but um, <laughs> no, I, no, I, um, so I guess maybe I'll backtrack a little bit and kind of give you like an overview of like where I got started. So about, you know, some odd years ago, I ended up getting into SEO on sort of a weird track. Also, I actually never majored in marketing or studied marketing my Yo. entire life, which I know is not uncommon. So then a friend of mine, his father was a pretty prominent person in the Metro Detroit area where I'm from. And he got into some legal trouble, and they needed somebody to learn how to <laughs> bury the news story that kept coming up every time he looked up his name. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. So this is so, so this is my friend who, you know, came to me and said, Hey, My dad's in trouble and I don't know how to do this. And he said, you're really good with numbers and data. Can you learn how to do this? Because I guess he was looking it up and that's what he saw. The correlation was numbers and data and search engine optimization, kind of just (laughs) tangentially related in his searches. So I said, sure, man, I guess I can help. I have to tell you, Joe, like I have done two of those projects over
3: the years. Like I know, like I've been in your exact shoes. It's Saturday. I'm hanging out outside. I get a phone call from someone who I will not mention or even suggest anything about. And uh, suddenly we got, we got some work to do to make somebody uh, make somebody's accomplishments stand out. Let's just say
2: that. Exactly. Through the years, I started just picking up skills as I went, you know, I, Started doing, you know, we're not supposed to talk about it on this, but paid search. And then. Talk (laughs) about it. So we've all done it. SEOs don't want to talk about paid search. Usually we
3: talk about paid search all the time, probably more than we should. Oh, nice. So maybe not on this podcast, but it's a a weekly conversation over here. Don't yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, they go hand in hand, right? Yeah, In a lot of situations. So I fell into doing that. And then what happened was his father started recommending me to friends and colleagues and said, hey, this guy does good work and, you know, he can help you with this and that. So over the years I you know I just started building up my skill set you know I had and started working on social I feel like I was one of the first few people I knew that were doing Facebook business pages back when those still mattered and you know and really building that stuff out and then you know getting into like the paid social game and and lead generation and all that stuff and so I've had this long stretch of different career experiences that kind of almost gave me the the tools I needed to then step into a role of CMO where whether it's, you know, SEO, PPC, you know, OOH advertising, television ads, I've been able to kind of build those skill sets out. And so it puts me in a in a unique position. I wouldn't say unicorn, but unique position <laughs> to to do these things.
3: I ran a content marketing agency for 10 years. It sounds a lot like my experience there. I got to like I had room to go dabble and you know sell, yeah, we'll sell this to you and I'll learn how to do it and blah 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 blah. Drew what brought you into marketing? I don't know if we've ever talked about this. Like, why marketing, of all things? Because I didn't know what else I wanted to do.
1: <laughs> isn't, that how, isn't that how every marketer gets into marketing? Cool, yeah. Because <laughs> I can't sell. That's why. No, data and analytics. It's funny. It's funny that you say that, Joe. I, I got into it through data and, and analytics and then figuring out what worked was a lot of fun and, and, and doubling down on that. I, I really like, it's funny that, that you asked me that question and I went into data analytics cause I like what you said, Joe, around you, your friend saw you as being good at math, <laughs> math and data, and he correlated that to SEO. All of those things of which are, are things that, that people avoid because they're hard to understand. And, and in SEO's case, they, you can never really understand it, in, in our opinion.
2: <laughs> Not fully. Mm-hmm. Not fully. You know, that's, and that's funny because, you know, one of the things I really love to do and and that I'm very hands-on with is our... Are like written content creation. Like that's like one of my major focuses. I also then kind of took on like a PR role as well. So doing more like responsive PR type things through like Harrow and quoted and, and stuff like that. And I love pitching. I love writing. I, you know, that it's interesting that like you talked about that, you know, like like kind of left brain, right brain. And I kind of like both. I I really enjoy Mm. both, you know, and I've met people who are are very much like that, that do enjoy both. And then I've met people who are very much on one side or the other of the equations. Interesting breakdown of of what marketers are and how they how they come to. How marketers come to be so to speak
3: yeah it's I don't think we've ever really talked about that on this show but it's fun because like Drew's one of the only people I know who's like a marketer and has taken marketing
1: classes in school it's just like, oh okay uh, they might have been on my schedule I don't know how
2: often <laughs> <laughs> How often they there were was time for
3: marketing classes yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah I was a political science and philosophy double major philosophy so. me too English yeah yeah you I mean, want talk about writing I mean that I think some of the best writers ever were were philosophers. So,
3: well, and you talk about like learning how to organize thoughts and to produce an argument or at least a, a a statement in a in a way that leads the reader along from you know somewhere distant from you and your opinion to understanding your worldview and and maybe finding themselves within it. That's you need some philosophy in you need to do that, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Agreed, agreed. All right, well, I'm going to I'm gonna yank you back to, to SEO <laughs> experience here, especially with Digital Will and uh, and Circle It. So it, it seems like they're kind of two different situations or they're, they're in two different places here. So w- one of the things we wanted to talk about today was the different approaches you have to take in and around SEO and content with them, one being in more of a crowded market and, and one being more of a, a, a creation. And I want to
3: add to that, like, Joe, just before you start telling us the story like at the man jump like or, and over the years like we've been in these shoes before yep. like you like the difference between like entering a crowded space and trying to like stand out versus like Entering a space where everyone's having a conversation, but it's different from the one you want to have. Like, they're so different, but they're also so challenging. So I'm really excited to hear these
1: stories. Yeah, and sometimes it terrifies people into just paralysis. They, 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 don't, want, they don't know where to start, so they don't. So I'm, I'm interested to hear how you're attacking both of those different situations through content and SEO. Maybe we start with with digital will and entering yeah. a, a competitive space. How do you stand out in that competitive space?
2: We're lucky in one, case, in one sense that no one really has developed what what i what we what we would consider a truly digital will product that is something that I, you know, I think is very, it is very important to to state up front. You know, you, the uniqueness of the product itself is something that does help, but it's explaining that uniqueness and it's cutting through the stuff that isn't a digital will that's claiming that it is. And that I think is where you run into some, some interesting keyword issues. You run into some interesting conversation issues as you, as you go through, you know, currently what, what, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not a guy that likes to like call out competitors or anything, but you know, there's, there's, there's products out there that are claiming that they're a digital will. And what they do is they take information that you would put into a legal will, and then they give you a PDF document at the end. They charge you like anywhere between 99 and $150 for this. Sure. Commoditized quick. Yeah. So here's, here's some papers. What do you do with it? You know, that I think is where that's where the problem is. And so, you know, what we do is different. We have smart technology built into our platform. And so, not only will you give us that information, but when your death is confirmed, that information then gets routed to the people that it needs to get through. So we handle the execution of your will in addition, which is not done by any other product or service out there. How, so that, is that in, to
3: being done by a human being or is that being done by technology?
2: It's, it's a mix, right? So the AI handles the routing of everything to your executors who are people that you've listed. So the people that you have trusted, like you're, you know, you're, like my wife, for example, would be an executor in my digital will. So if something happens to me, you know, she knows that this goes to my nephew, this goes to her, this goes to my dad, that kind of stuff. Right. So it, it makes sure that that stuff gets handled that way. But the actual execution is handled through this process as opposed to the sort of very slow process that you see in like probate and other situations. it. this is a
1: true digital will as opposed to just creating your will digitally.
2: And, exactly, exactly. Mind. That that is that is a good way to do it. I call it online will versus digital will. So like you can go fill out. I mean, I could create an online will in Google Docs and not pay anybody. But yeah. what's going to happen after I do that? I'm going to throw in a drawer or on a file on my computer, and guess what? The password my computer isn't is on the paperwork that you now don't have. Whereas this sort of has a asset management component that, you know, updates passwords and then gives the people that you need to have it, the access that they need when they need it.
3: This is tough because it's like, you know, that you need to reach people who are looking on, looking into how to make a will, Mm -hmm. but like. If I were in your shoes, I would be more interested in looking into like, can I figure out what people are searching for when they're trying to make the experience of burying someone easier? Like, and that's so like dark to say, but it's like, no, 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 that's the value here. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, our our thing is literally called death tech. I mean, there's nothing darker than that. You know, like I'm, I'm fine with that.
3: There is something light about like, about saying like, I'm going to do this because it's going to make it easier for my, my loved ones or my executors after the fact, like that's, that's an interesting value prop that I don't even. I don't even know how you begin figuring out who's into that, who's searching for it. How do you find them?
2: Well, you find them easily by finding out people that are searching for estate planning, that are searching for creating wills, that are searching for things that other providers already say that they're providing that aren't. So you can really harness those audiences. There are millions of these searches every year. The nice thing is our solutions global. Most of these are U.S. specific s- solutions that are out there. We can handle this for anybody across the globe, which is something that also is not done. Right. It's one of those things like 70 percent of Americans don't have a will. It's even higher. If you look internationally, it's probably closer to 90 percent of people don't have one. And a lot of times it's an accessibility issue. It's so expensive up front. You have to give, you know, an attorney fifteen hundred to five thousand dollars to prepare your will and get all that those things in order. Whereas with digitalwell.com, it's a subscription service, $9.99 a month. And then the other thing I've noticed too, is that within search, you know, when looking into like the search data on this, a lot of people don't think they need one because they don't think they have anything to leave. You know, like if you're, if you're a renter, for example, you don't have a house to leave anybody, the bigger assets that people think of, but most everybody's got a PayPal account with probably some money in it. Most everybody's got online banking. Most everybody's got emails and social and all these different things that need to get dealt with and you know when when my mom passed away some years ago dealing with all that stuff was hard you you don't know where these things are you don't know how to find them those things all need to be spelled out for people and that's what this that's what our platform does and so Finding the people that are looking for this isn't really that hard because these pe- people are searching for this on a regular basis. You know, if you go, you know, you Google estate planning services, you're just, you know, you're going to see it. Every estate planning attorney is paying for search ads and and all kinds of stuff to get you to, you know, to, to generate a lead that way. And, you know, what we're saying is, yeah, you can search for that and it's fine. Don't get, don't get us wrong. I mean, you know, this stuff obviously needs to be done. We just found a smarter, better way to do it. Technology can now be in this space and really handle this this problem that a lot of people have. Yeah, we've talked about this before, but our our
3: methodology that we're espousing, pillar-based marketing, which for new listeners of the show, we see it as the evolution of organic content in mm-hmm. SEO. It's a different way of thinking about, you know, building authority around topics and networks of search behavior rather than keyword lists. And it works mm-hmm. really well. It, it does amazing things, but it also leads us into situations where we'll be working with companies and they're, you know, trying to sell something that has nothing to do with like software, but then we find ourselves needing to write about Excel spreadsheets, for example. And it's like, we have to do it because this is the conversation that the audience is having. And Mm -hmm. so it's, I think that's to me is one of the signs of somebody who's like willing to actually meet customers where they are and solve a problem is like, we don't want to talk about our competitors. We don't want to talk about Excel if we're selling something different and better, but we know we have to. And it's even better when you can beat Microsoft at their own game and get on page one for Excel and beat them up. But like, yeah, it's just an interesting story. It's one that I'm familiar with. The idea that you have to be where your customers are. Question for you, Mm -hmm. is there a channel element to this? Like, do you guys ever talk to lawyers or or attorneys or are they
2: just the competition? So grander vision, we don't consider attorneys our competition. Like that's something that I, I want to get out there on the gate. The next evolution of our platform is going to be an attorney marketplace. Because there's going to be people that have very complicated estates, right? You're not just going to have a house, a car, and a couple of things to leave your kids. You're going to have accounts that you want to divvy out. You're going to want to have, you know, educational stuff set up for your grandchildren, whatever the case may be. So you're going to have a more complicated estate plan. And we want to partner with, you know, attorneys on that to help them. You know, navigate this and then our technology will take care of the rest for them. We don't consider attorneys our competition. You know, the competition that we have is really kind of limited to these, like I I just say PDF generators is really the best way I can describe the the other tools that are out there. It's funny because, like, obviously, like I'm I'm talking about being in a crowded space, but there really isn't anything like us. It's just that the terms and topics that we're focused on. Are things that are that do have established actors in the space that aren't that are you know fighting for the same territory you know you talked about you know building authority around a topic and that's really like the focus of the content that we produce for the website is really kind of educating and owning that space for people letting them know like what is the difference between what we're doing and what everybody else is doing
1: I love that you guys are talking about those kinds of things and and you know building that awareness and getting some traffic around those topics. It sounds like you know we think about things very similar in, in the idea of a network of content around a topic and you, you know you mentioned it's not just online wills or digital wills it's the it's the topics that they search around that central topic there mm-hmm. that you guys are also creating content around. So I'm interested in in how you're educating your audience around some of those outside topics and and what's, what are some of those pieces of content that you create?
2: Yeah. So one of the biggest ones right now are, you know, for whether or not I, I like the, the stuff or not is crypto and NFTs. How do I leave that to my children? How do I leave crypto to my kids? Mm. How do I leave crypto to my grandkids? Mm. You know, like your traditional will just doesn't have that component built in. You know, they really don't. They, they, the lawyers are among the slowest to adopt. And I know this because I I worked with and legal, I worked in marketing legal services for for a good chunk of my career too. So I know that they're slow to adopt certain solutions and technologies and that our industry is very slow. So, you know, being able to, to have content built around that, having content built around, you know, what happens to my, what happens to my social media accounts when I die? You know, they don't really make it very clear. It's not a topic that Facebook and, and Instagram and Snapchat are out there you know, talking about, but it is something that, you know, do they have a policy in place? Do they not? Yeah. How do they, you know, how do we do that? You know, a lot of people, and then, you know, cloud storage is another big one, right? Like, so cloud storage is something that you're paying for, you know, with photos and videos and, and you know, memories, right? Like the kinds of stuff that you would leave to your children is stored in the cloud. How do you access the cloud account? How do you get in there? Like, how do you make sure that like the people that you want to have the access to this have it?
3: And how do you stop it from getting just like deleted from existence when your payment stops going through? Right, Exactly.
2: Yeah. Your credit cards and everything are eventually going to get turned off. And then everything that you had is gone, you know? And then on top of it, one of the biggest problems that you run into is, okay, so I have all these subscriptions. Everybody's got, you know, 5,000 subscriptions. And let's say I can't get in to access your credit card or turn off a subscription it's going to keep eating away at your stuff. Like, you know, Netflix isn't just going to assume you're dead because you haven't watched in a while and just shut you off. They're just going to keep collecting your money. And, you know, granted it's, you know, it's only, you know, 14, 15 bucks a month or whatever, but that adds up over time if you're not able to manage it. And, you know, so there's a lot of these things that come up that people just don't have, you know, they don't have the, the, the ability to, to, to take care of. And that's what you know, that's part of the problem that we're solving. So that's another issue that people search for. And So those kinds of things are are t- content topics that we we tackle when we're creating things.
1: I love that. Those are great topics. And I'm alive and kicking. And I know I'm paying for some streaming services that I haven't watched in over a year. So yeah. <laughs>
2: it adds. I know it adds up. <laughs> yeah. I think I still see Paramount Plus on my bill every month. And I'm like, well, I haven't turned that off yet. Yeah, I don't even know how to cancel it. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the last one I watched. <laughs> the last thing I watched on there.
3: The. So, Process of like doing SEO and organic content for digital wills. You were describing this crowded marketplace. To me, it sounds a lot like experiences I've had where a marketplace exists, but it's a it's a there's no analog to what we're selling and mm-hmm. it, it looks like circle it you're also characterizing as being something that has no direct competition let's can we shift to circle it and talk about like what's different about your approach with circle it and, and how how does it contrast to what you're doing with the digital will
2: yeah so t- digital will as a product is pretty it's easier to explain than what circle it can do it's it's very like straightforward everybody kind of has an idea of what estate planning is and wills and trusts and things like that i mean you might not know the ins and outs. But you at least know what, when I say, like, do you have a will? People are like, yes or no. They know Circle It is a product that, you know, there's no real direct competition for it on a full. There's individual things that Circle It does that there are companies that exist that kind of do it, but also same thing, like greeting cards, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Greeting cards are pretty much dominated by one company, Hallmark. They have paper cards. They now have like online cards, but you can send a card to Circle It to the future. Like, so, Let's say like I'm a cancer patient and I've got kids that are getting ready to, you know, that are entering high school. I don't know if I'm going to be there, but I do want to be there for them. So I'll create a a greeting card with like a video message attached, letting them know how proud I am of them when they graduate and that'll be delivered for their graduation. Um, Wow. Yeah. So that's another kind of different solution to, you know, that people for problems that people have. Everybody wants to be there for their loved ones in the future. No one can guarantee that they're going to be. And so... You can also do like flowers and gifts through circle it and you can send those to the future. I've done that for my wife several times, you know, when I know I'm going to screw something up and I know I'm joking. I'm <laughs> predictable. <laughs> no, I mean, like qu- <laughs> quarterly send. Love it. Yeah. You think about it, like think about a, like a 90s sitcom, like the dumb husband, right? How often does he forget his anniversary or forget his, you know, that it's Valentine's yeah. Day and that's like a whole plot of a, a story, you know, like we, we can help that guy. You know, like, hey, just schedule it ahead of time and you don't have to worry. You know, that's there's there's sort of a fun element to circle it as well. But taken as a whole circle, it also then provides the ability to store memories, create ancestral profiles so you can learn about your ancestors and your loved ones, you know. And again, you you can think of a lot of people think of, oh, well, like ancestry, you can do that or, you know, some of those things. But it's not really like you don't have to give us a pint of blood to figure out your story, you know. And the thing that we always tell people is that DNA doesn't tell your story, your memories, your traditions. That's what tells your story, your experiences.
3: You have no idea how close to home this is hitting right now. I bought 23andMe tests for my whole family for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And like, the funny thing is, it's like all the stories we've been told by our, you know, elders in light of the DNA. They're all like pretty much made up. It sounds like and we're like <laughs> learning that like, oh no, like we came from this place, not that place. And this person came over here at this time or whatever. So yeah, I can see the value in having some clarity around (laughs) where these people came from that, you know, maybe hasn't made it through the game of telephone over the last 300 years or however long.
2: Right. And you know, and how long, you know, it takes, takes a couple generations to lose like a oral history forever. Like you won't, somebody won't know that story, you know, in a few years, but we'll be able to preserve that story for you. So those kinds of things are what we're doing. And that, Like I said, taken as a whole, there's nothing out there. Like there's not even anybody who's like claiming that they're doing it without doing it at this point. You know, what we've done is something completely unique and different. And so that space is wholly new. You know, one of the things that we talk about because a lot of people look at Circle It and they go, oh, well, it's like a social media app, which it's not. It's sort of a healthier alternative to social media because it's very private, very secure. And like you connect with your family and loved ones. So like, I wouldn't like, if I had children, I necessarily, I don't necessarily think I'd want my kids on Instagram, on Snapchat, on these other platforms, but I'm fine with them being on circle it and sharing their, you know, their accomplishments online with, you know, my, my dad and, you know, my sister and her, her son, you know, people that we love and are going to support us. And so it's a completely different situation than what digital will does. So let's talk about organic then. Yeah. So yeah, exactly.
1: How are you, how are you? attracting.
2: Are you targeting genealogy people or are you talking like what are you looking at? So we look at people that understand that life is not forever. That i That's yeah. the best way I can describe it. Yeah. Cancer patients, those that are Alzheimer's and the caregivers that take care of them, the baby boomers and grandparents and moms. Moms are a little different. Moms really want to preserve stuff for their kids over the time. So they're a little different. But those are the kinds of people that we're looking at. So what are they looking to do how do you, you know, for like a cancer patient, you know, it's how do I, how do I make sure my kids are okay when I'm gone? You know, that sort of stuff. It's a little bit deeper. We actually really created and pushed like new search terms that are gaining volume over time.
3: Oh yeah. That's fun.
2: Yeah. That, that was something that was funny. Like when we, when I first came into this, you know, and I I was listening and, and learning about it, you know, I, I talked about my mom earlier. And so my mom, died of cancer years ago, and she left me a letter that I still, you know, I keep with me all and you know, not all like in my pocket, but it's, you know, it's, it's in a special yeah. place. It's not going anywhere. It goes with yeah. me wherever. And, you know, I heard about this technology and I'm like, that's exactly what my mom did for me, you know, yeah. you know, years ago, how, how that works. So it, we're able to, to recreate that experience for everybody. And. You know, I'm thinking, okay, Like, so what was going through my mom's head when she did this? Why did she write me this letter? She wanted to make sure I was okay. She wanted to let me know that I was loved and she wanted to be there for me and she knew she couldn't. And so how the, for that person thinks is really kind of like, you have to think about search intent. What is a person thinking there? And so with the messaging that we craft in our content, we're able to kind of explain to people how you can be there for your loved ones, even after you're gone. That's a, a very powerful way to to encapsulate it and then that is how people identify with it
1: yeah so i i love it i I love what you're doing and and i love that we think the exact same way about this i would love it even if we didn't think the same way (laughs) but we but we but we do so so what are some of those space creations what are what are some of those topics that you've you've coined that are starting to gain some traction
2: so like future messaging how to send a message to the future You know, most people don't even think about that, but like, it's like a digital message in a bottle, right? It's like, I put this out there in the universe, there's all these these stories out there of like somebody who found a message in a bottle that was written back in 1946 from like a guy that was over in the war and wrote to his wife and it floated, you know, across the Atlantic ocean and ended up on, you know, on Long Island or something, you know? And it's like, it's, it's capturing that experience. And so what, how are people aren't really searching for that? Like, that's not really like the way they're doing it. But what they are doing is they're looking for ways to send messages to the future. One, another good dumb husband, one, and <laughs> I can say that because I'm dumb husband too. You know, it's like my, my wife will text me while I'm at the office, you know, and it'll be like, Hey, can you grab something from the store on your way home? And how often do you think I remember?
3: if you remember to go, I like leave at least one thing off the list every time I go to the grocery store. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. So at this point, then, you know, what she does is she can schedule that text to arrive when she knows I'm not going to be focused on work. Like when I'm getting in the car, like my phone will go off and go, oh, okay. She needs me to stop at the store. I'm much more likely to remember to go when I'm en route rather than like when I'm at the office. And then all of a sudden I've had to put out 10 fires in an hour, you know, that kind of thing. So how to do that. So sometimes it's like how to, how to send a good, how to remind somebody to do something. There's all these different things, but one of the spaces that we really did really well with, and I, I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, is the healthy alternative to social media. That was mm. that was one that gained a lot of traction really early on. We were hyper-focused on creating content around that because the the privacy built into our solution, you know, we're not, we don't have ads in our platform, we've never sold anybody's data and we never will. That's another thing, you know, we build trust with our customers by doing that. And so we talk a lot about privacy. Now, granted, privacy is not a space that we created, but by but creating huge. this, like yeah. yeah, but there's like a nexus between the lack of privacy in social media and the lack of like healthy things that, that are done there. And so being able to kind of exploit that and open up this conversation was really big for us. You know, we went from a little under a million downloads to a little over 5 million in like a year. And that was, you know, solely ba- like solely due to that. But that was a big part of the, the conversation that people were the way people were finding us. How do you use data or maybe I should say, do you, I assume you do, but do you use data
3: to prioritize these various approaches? Because like like you said, like moms, I, I even consider myself in that audience. I made an email address for my son when he was born and I've been emailing mm-hmm. him for the last three years with, with things, you know, and i we'll mm-hmm. continue doing so as long as I can. So, like, I'm someone else who, like, I don't know what I searched for or what I would have searched for around then, but I would have been there. But do you, like, think about it in terms of, like, well, our population that is uh, potentially terminal or or older or whatever, they're potentially a more a better customer. So we're going to target them or, do, or are you trying to whatever you can and seeing what sticks and then picking an angle after that or, or doing a you know, spread shot? What is your approach?
2: So the data we look at, we look at retention, right? We look at how... When people come in, are they responding to different model modules within the platform? Who's sending cards? What kind of cards are they using? Are they sending, you know, holiday cards? Are they sending birthday cards? Are they sending cards to the future? How far out are they sending them? So we, we analyze all that and we figure that out. With digital, well, it's a little different. The, the data that we analyze, there's a little less, I want to say expansive, or I guess it's not as granular because at the end of the day, it's. You know do you have assets uploaded yes do you have executors added yes do you have beneficiaries added yes okay great you know that's you know when we start to see like we're thinking about user adoption user retention that kind of thing but circle it sort of is more retention based stuff so we we analyze that and see like what's going on we you know we look a lot at the content that we've put out what's resonating what's pushing downloads to the platform from there so there's this piece of content that we created about this caregiver who was taking care of her dad who then passed and then also now her mom, you know, is that pushing the needle because that's identifying with that community? You know, are we moving the needle with, with this other content that we're writing about, you know, police and firefighters who, you know, are doing this stuff for their kids because they know that they may not come home that night from work, you know, those kinds of things. So we, the content that we've created around that, those spaces are what we use to determine what is bringing in users, and then bringing in not just like downloads, but people that are actually resonating with the technology. Yep, Cause
1: that's that's the end goal, right? Bringing them in is one thing; having them stick is 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 the end goal. Well, so. this
3: story is, I think, why I, I love organic content marketing among any other aspect of marketing. Because yes, like you want to grow your your reach, you want to grow your bottom line, and there are many many tactics available to you to do that. But this is one that also lets you as a marketer. Like make someone's life better, like objectively, even before they buy from you, you're, you're providing value and you're doing it in such a broad way. Like this is just an awesome story because I think it reminds me that, you know, when you're writing stuff and you're helping people, you're measuring it in clicks and, and downloads and leads created or whatever. But there's this other unmeasurable quality of SEO where it's just like you just brought somebody something they needed. And it could be anything from figuring out how to how to accomplish something with a piece of software to like how to reach their children in the future yeah. which is just so powerful so I, I this is an awesome story and i'm i'm yeah. very
2: grateful for you sharing it Joe. you brought up something that that i think is really important especially now in marketing is you know the the need for first party data you know the the removal of the of third party cookies and things like that like providing that value up front is so crucial to getting people to trust you with their information.
3: Yeah. And so yes. like
2: that is like you said like content marketing up front like that giving them something that they feel is like, wow, that's really important or powerful or helpful. That's where, you know, that's the the magic of of, of what we're trying to accomplish through our our organic content efforts.
1: Exactly. Trust. And how do you get them to trust you by answering their questions and actually genuinely helping them, which you guys are doing. I love I love what you guys are doing at both that that circle It and digital will. And I appreciate you sharing it with us, Joe.
2: Before
1: We let you go, though. We'll have a little fun with what we call our lightning round.
2: Lightning round. The hot seat.
1: Yeah, we need like a ding, 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 ding. We need some sort of like a a bell that goes off. Air horn. (laughs) Air horn. There it
2: is.
1: (laughs) Listeners will love the air horn. We'll make sure it's really loud, too.
2: Joe, what is the last thing that you searched? I searched for upcoming events in the Chicago area. Love it. Any good findings? Yeah. Chicago Restaurant Week is going on, which is great. Mm -hmm. So they have some really good deals at at some really nice restaurants. My wife's mother and sister are visiting right now. That's why I'm at the office instead of at home. I'm joking. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're in town. So we were looking for, yeah, I was looking for things to do with them. And so I was looking at different places to go eat and things like that. I'm but. a, I'm a Chicago land boy too. I didn't know you were for, uh, up there. Well, I'm originally from Detroit right? or Metro Detroit. I can't say I'm actually from Detroit, but uh, we moved to Chicago last year for, for my, my position here.
3: Yeah. Same. I'm, I'm okay. from Indiana, but I would tell people that I'm from Chicago because I'm in the, the <laughs> region. <you know>? Yeah.
2: <laughs> when people are like, oh, you're from Detroit? Like, and I go, yeah. They're like, oh. And then I'm like, no, I'm from a place, like I'm from a town called Canton, which is in between Detroit and Ann Arbor, like almost yeah. equidistant. distance." Yeah. Very, very different, you know upper middle class suburb as opposed to actually being like from the city. But yeah, for sure. All right, Joe,
1: over your career, have there been any marketing myths that you've been able to bust? Ooh, it's a good that's one. A tough one.
2: I wouldn't say that I necessarily busted anything. I, you know, I don't, I don't really consider myself, a, you know, a trailblazer in that sense. I think that one of the things that I've focused on and that I think I've helped make the case for has been taking an omni-channel approach to marketing. I think that, you know, I think everybody likes to be multi-channel but to really be like omni-channel and put the customer at the center of that marketing effort I think that's where I think that's something that I've really focused on through my career and it's it's served me and those I've worked with really well love that
1: love that all right and last one and then you're off the hook what's your best prediction for seo trends in 2023
2: Oh man. And I'm sure people are probably going to throw this one out there too. I'm going to, I'm going to try and do a little bit of a hot take on this. I don't think everyone needs to be as worried about chat GPT as they think they need to be. Agreed. Okay, cool. I'm glad that everybody's on the same page.
3: I just did a webinar on this and I was like, the machines are not as good as you all think they are. (laughs) Not not at this anyway.
2: Well, and that's the thing, right? Like I was just quoted in search engine journal on the same topic. It's like, yes, I think it's a great tool. Don't get me wrong. I think it's great but i also try to remind people like what happens when you google a question you get it answers so like you can like create your content through chat gpt but then it's sourcing web content so you're essentially committing plagiarism exactly that's what i say too yeah you're you're going to need people to then actually clean that content up before you publish it unless you're just being unscrupulous but you know and i think like I think CNET's, like a allow- allowance of that is going to come back and burn them over time. Google has said that it will.
3: It, it, it will. I mean, it, it's going to be an arms race, and Google will win until somebody else figures yeah. out how to, you know, unplace. Them. Oh, you,
2: you don't think? You don't think? You don't think Bing is going to their it's, their use of that? Is you know, it's cool to <laughs> see them trying. It's cool to see yeah, them I trying. <laughs> I, you got to hand it to Microsoft when they try to innovate because they <laughs> they really, you know, good job, kids. Yeah, but I think that and I think that I think more and more, you know, on a a more, I think, agreeable trend, I think more and more companies are going to move into using headless CMS, which I know a lot already are. We are currently, you know, that kind of stuff. So on the technical side, you know, that I think is something that's going to be more and more ubiquitous as time goes on. Lightning round over. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. I got hammered by the questions. Joe,
1: thank you for being an awesome guest today. Before we let you go again, we love what you're doing over there. Is there anything you would like to tell us what's going on next?
2: Yeah. So get ready for digitalwill.com's big debut. We're actually doing the wide release uh, coming up here in just a few days. When you when you go into the app store, you'll be able to search for Digital Will, and you'll see our app there. Download it, go ahead and use it. Um, everybody who downloads it gets a 90 day free trial, so you get to use the technology prior. So so stay tuned for that. You can follow us on social to kind of know when that's going to happen. And you know, anybody who wants to ask questions or connect, you know, find me on LinkedIn. Very easy.
1: I love it, Joe. We'll be sure to link to both in the show notes as well. Thanks again for being a great guest. Thanks for having me, guys. Great story, Joe. Thanks. Great conversation with Joe. Ryan, outside of my made-up word of Synergirl, what did you take away from today's conversation? You know, it's just,
3: we got to remember that you can sell something and you can even find ways of selling that thing that are great for your business. But if you can also put something good into the world and solve a problem for somebody, Like, why wouldn't you want to do that? That's like, I think that like seeing businesses that want to focus less on like growth at all costs and more on let's find our people where they are in a moment of need and let's help them. Like, that is so cool to me. And like, obviously when we're talking about things like What happens after we're gone? That story is going to have a little bit more gravitas. But even if I'm talking about like sneakers, you know, and and people are trying to find the right pair of shoes, if I can help them with that and in doing so drive a sale rather than just putting an ad in their face when they're not looking for it. I feel like I can go to bed at night feeling good about myself, feeling like I've actually contributed something to the world that's decent. And I think that if done right, SEO has the potential to do that. It's been done wrong a lot. But I love hearing stories like Joe's because it shows you that if you actually care and try to align to customer need and provide need, you can make a pretty big difference in someone's life. And that's cool.
1: I like that. I completely agree. Completely agree. And I love what they're doing over there. And everyone should take a look at, at, at both CircleIt and digitalwill.com. With that, I think we're that's a wrap. Good episode. Air horn sound. Peace. Peace. Page One or Bust is brought to you by
0: Demand Jump. Know the exact content to create to increase first page rankings and drive outcomes with Demand Jump. Get started for free today at DemandJump.com.